All right, let's do it. Finally, today was the day, right? Finally, since 2018, Kansas had an opportunity. The same opportunity Missouri has and still has to this day to legalize sports wagering. It finally launched today in the state of Kansas. And now for the next two hours, we'll get you set up for the NFL season. College football week one. There's college football kicking off in about two minutes. As a matter of fact, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm Alex Gold. This is that betting show. We'll have it here every Thursday night on 610 Sports Radio. Normal time slot is going to be from seven to eight o'clock. Tonight, though, we get two hours. We got two hours tonight because, after all, it's the first day that you can make wagers here in Kansas. I got Julio Sanchez producing for me, of course, the Jay Southlands host service text line, as always, 913-586-7610. Today's an awesome day. It's something I've waited, as so many of you have, for, for many, many years, since 2018, as I said, truly. And I never thought that Kansas would be the 32nd state to legalize sports wagering. I'll be honest. I didn't know if we were going to be one of those states. We're going to have to wait till, you know, it's 2030, 2025. Would it ever happen? Hopefully Missouri can get on board here at some point. We'll see. That's for 2023. And, and hopefully it does get wrapped up. Maybe there's some more pressure on Missouri to get it figured out. I know so many of you though, have reached out that live in Missouri, that are residents in Missouri that have still come across the state line today, as a matter of fact, or are planning on going across the state line this weekend for opening weekend of college football, or full week one of college football, I should say. One week from tonight, opening night of the NFL season. It's pretty crazy that from the bill that legalized sports wagering here in Kansas passed in May to now the fact that We are on September 1st actually having six different platforms up and running. There is two sports books in the state already up and running in person. Eventually, all four of the state-owned casinos will be that way. And eventually, likely to be more apps, right? So this is pretty cool. If you look at Ohio, who's not going to launch till January, you look at Maine, who passed it at the same time as Kansas, not going to be up and running for two years. So props to everybody that honestly made today possible to where we can all enjoy some entertainment along the way. And hopefully along the way tonight, we get some betting tips for those of you that have never bet. Cause I recognize that some of you listening here have bet before you've made the drive up to Iowa. You've got up there for a March madness weekend, or you've made the trip out to Las Vegas. Who doesn't love a weekend in Vegas? But there's also plenty of you that have never bet on sports, and that's totally fine. I think it's awesome. In fact, that's what excites me so much. So many people have never bet on a sporting event in their life. You had the governor, Laura Kelly of Kansas today, out at Hollywood Casino at Barstool Sportsbook, making the first in-person wager in the state of Kansas. She bet $15 on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, by the way. I always wonder, like, how did they determine the $15 amount, Julio? Like, well, we don't, $100 might be a little too steep. That looks bad. 15 seems like a modest amount. Anyway, uh, look, she had to bet on the Chiefs, right? You couldn't, you can't pick the Chargers to win the division if you're the governor of Kansas. Sounds cheap if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't, you can't bet on Missouri if you're the governor of Kansas to, to cover 20 and a half points tonight against Louisiana Tech. We'll get to that game a little bit later on in the show as well. Um, but hopefully you learn a little bit tonight also on the basics of betting. For those of you that have never bet it before, I welcome those of you on Twitter as well at Alex gold to ask some questions. Feel free to text in any questions. We'll be glad to answer them. We've got a discord channel 
up. I can invite you to, if you want, just hit me up on Twitter for that as well. We've got a good group of people already talking sports betting on that, sharing picks, sharing ideas, helping each other out with these promos too. That's been the number one question from everybody today. It's taken a couple hours for all the apps to roll out those credits. I know as of even an hour or so ago, a lot of you were wondering, hey, how come my $100 free bets haven't showed up on FanDuel or $200 on BetMGM or any of the apps, right, that have offered promotional credits? It's just taken time. I've seen some people that have reached out to support on those apps and they've told them that they're just rolling it out fairly slowly today. Remember, technically, it is a soft launch uh, so I wouldn't freak out if for some reason you haven't got your promo credits and all that. And there's some great promos still going on and will continue to go on. In fact, tonight, for those of you that maybe were on the, the DraftKings app, you might have noticed that essentially there's a free bet tonight if on the West Virginia-Pittsburgh game, which is about to kick off here in just a second, that they're boosting your wager where if there's just a single point scored tonight in that game, you double your bet, maximum $50. So you put in 50 bucks, you get 100 bucks. Uh, it's basically a free bet. Anyway, those are the type of promotions that are out there. So we'll take your questions. We'll talk about how everything's working. All six apps are up and running, though. That's the key part, even if some of the credits aren't out there. And I'm curious from you guys, what's the first wager you're making or already made? I went out to uh, Barstool Sportsbook earlier today and, and saw some people out there. Uh, I've seen so many of you send in screenshots of your winning tickets already. We had Royals baseball. Of course, you just heard from Vern on his postgame show. He was talking a little bit about the betting angle for those of you that maybe had the under and looking at some of the strikeout numbers today. Um, but f- send in those winning tickets that you guys have already had for those of you that made a bet on the Royals game earlier. I know a lot of people looking at the futures market. We're going to get to the futures market. That's really going to be a prominent feature on the show tonight. NFL week one next week. So MVP markets, coach of the year, Super Bowl odds, AFC West markets. We're going to touch on all of that tonight. And I've got some experts to help me along the way coming up around 6.30 or so. Kelly Stewart, at Kelly in Vegas on Twitter, from Barstool Sports. You can catch her also over on wagertalk.com. She's from this area. She went to K-State. She moved away to to get in the sports betting field and go out to Vegas. Uh, And so it'd be really cool to get her perspective, advice to bettors, uh, her story a little bit, and some advice for college football weekend, number one, including maybe even some of the later games on tonight. And then in the 7 o'clock hour, Colin Wilson, who's a senior football expert for the Action Network will join me around 7.15 as well. He also has a KC connection. So I tried to, to find some national people tonight to kick off that betting show that have been in the betting space for a very long time that are really, really good at what they do, but also have a little KC flair or a Kansas flair to it. So that's what we're going with uh, tonight. So looking forward to that. The one thing that I, I wanted to start with is just like what we're going to do on this show. You may have heard on weekends for years, whether it's in Kansas City or other markets, right? Here are these weekend shows at 8 o'clock in the morning. Right, and they're screaming at you, essentially, and they're shouting out 800 numbers, and they're promising guaranteed picks, locks, all that. That's not what we're going to do. Look, we're hopefully going to win some money along the way. You can feel free to fade or follow with some of the advice we get from the experts. At the end of the show tonight, I'll give you my four or five plays for the college football weekend and my reasoning behind it. There's no, we're not, we're not going to promise anything. We're going to look at for example, the MVP market here in about eight minutes or so and why some individuals make more sense than others. Some trends that hopefully will make you a little bit more knowledgeable when you're thinking about going on that app tonight or this weekend or throughout the football season. And in particular with the futures market though, why some bets make more sense than others. And then you can decide based on some of the information and conversations we have on this show, if you think it's a good bet or not, if you think it's something following or if you're like, Hey, all right, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that logic at all. 
I feel passionate about this and I'm, I'm going to fade you. I'm going to go a different way. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Those are kind of the things we're, we're going to be about on this show, hopefully. And as I said, it's going to be every week during the, co- the, the college football and NFL season. Thursdays normally from 7 to 8. So next Thursday at 7 o'clock, feel free to stop by as well. I want to give also for those that have never bet just a few bits of advice as we go on the show for the next two hours. First and foremost is figure out what your bankroll is. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are just going to bet purely for entertainment because that's ultimately what, the, what what it's about as much as it is winning money, but it's about entertainment and you're, you're not going to want to do a ton of research. You're not going to want to dive in and hopefully that's what this show helps you with so you're not having to do some of that research, but know what your bankroll is. Determine what they call your, your unit size is, right? Everybody's going to have a different unit size. What is a unit size, for example, when it comes to betting? So Julio may say, hey, I'm putting one unit on Pittsburgh tonight. They're seven and a half point favorites against West Virginia, right? That is the case as the game just kicked off. I might say, yeah, I'm putting one unit on them too. It doesn't mean him and I are betting the same amount of money. One unit to Julio could be $100. To me, one unit might be 50 bucks. To you, it might be five. It might be 200, right? That's just kind of how you track it, right? One unit and... If you're looking at an average wager, it should technically be about 1% to 2% of your bankroll. So if you're going to bet on a consistent basis, not just randomly, but a consistent basis, I really would encourage you to determine what your bankroll is. And I know if, if your entire bankroll for a college football and NFL season, let's say, it's, let's say it's $100, then yes, that is correct. Technically, you should only be betting $1 a game. And I understand some of you might roll your eyes at that and be like, what's the fun in that? But if that's what your bankroll is, you shouldn't be, if you're saying, oh, I got $100 all football season to play with, you really shouldn't be betting $50 on one particular game if you're truly sticking to what you say your, you know, what your bankroll is. So that's kind of how any of that unit stuff works. When you hear anybody reference any of our guests or on this show, if we say, hey, yeah, I've got one unit on this game, it's essentially whatever your uh, maximum bet is, is one unit. You know, you'll, you'll have people that'll try to, out there sell you picks and they'll say it's a five unit max play and all this kind of stuff. First of all, you should never be paying for picks anymore. There is way too much content and tools out there. I know there's people out there that will sell you for a full football season. They'll try to get you to pay like a thousand dollars for their picks every week. And there's some people that are very, very good at this, right? Handicappers, true handicappers that are out there, but whether it's BetQL and the BetQL app or it's action network, there's, way too much free content also out there and tools that I, I I don't think anybody should be paying for picks in 2022. That's just my personal opinion. We can get the thoughts of, of some of our guests tonight on that as well, but let's get right into it. Coming up next here on that betting show, NFL MVP futures. How should you approach it? Some of the history behind it. We get into all that right here on 610 sports radio. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Back here on That Betting Show, 610 Sports Radio. Alex Gold with you. Julio Sanchez producing the show until 8 o'clock. Then we'll hand things off to the Chris Kleinman show over on the K-State Radio Network for Kansas State. All three local schools in action over the next three days. A little bit later on tonight, what, 7 o'clock, Missouri, La Tech. Tomorrow night, KU, Tennessee Tech. And then Kansas State, South Dakota. So that's what's going on this weekend on the local college football front. We'll get into some more college football in about 15 minutes with Kelly Stewart. 
from Barstool Sports. Kelly in Vegas on Twitter, also with Wager Talk. We'll get some advice to betters from her just in general with first-time betting. And then a look at the college football weekend. I mentioned college football tonight already underway. Couple games: Central Michigan and number twelve Oklahoma State, and then the one that I think people have kind of locked into, other than if you're a Missouri Tiger fan, West Virginia and Pittsburgh. Number seventeen Pittsburgh, uh, they are seven and a half point favorites in this game. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator. Uh, it's uh, just underway. What less than four minutes in, and it's nothing, nothing. West Virginia had to punt on their opening drive and uh, looks like Pitt facing a third and four. Why is that relevant? Uh, for those of you that are in the discord channel over on, uh, on Twitter, I sent an invite at Alex gold. Uh, you know that under 51 and a half and then under 10 and a half for the first quarter total points. That would be. So what does that mean? Obviously two teams combined under 51 and a half points and under 10 and a half for the first quarter. So that would be uh, some bets that uh, if you're wondering like, what am I on? while we're on the show right now, and then we'll get some stuff for the rest of the weekend. And how about the futures market? Because the futures market is so much fun. The futures market, if you were getting those free bet credits today, I know that's where a lot of people's mind went. Like, okay, can I use some of these free bets for futures market? Absolutely you can. Someone on the J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610, said, hey, how do the free bets work? Okay, I signed up for the for the promos for all these sites. Now I've got you know, $100 or $200 in, in different applications that are out there. How do I go about doing that? What does that mean? Uh, so it's, it's pretty simple with them. So let's say uh, whether it was tonight's game or let's say it's for Patrick Mahomes or whoever for the MVP race, if you want to do that, 25 bucks. If you happen to win the bet, you get everything minus the 25, right? If it's a $25 free wager or on some apps, they're doing a $50. I think it's BetMGM. It's a $50 uh, bet credit after, for the 200. So four $50 wagers. Uh, theoretically, is how you could do it. Um, you don't get the 50 back, right? If you 50 to win, let's say it's a bet that's winning 30 bucks, you get $30 in your account. You don't get 80 back. I think it's pretty straightforward there. But a lot of people have had, um, of course, some, some questions on this. this. is brand new to everybody. So the most intriguing futures market for me is MVP. I think MVP is a lot of fun to bet on when you look at the NFL season. And Josh Allen has been the favorite all offseason. Depending on what book you look at, uh, and we can mix up the book on this show right now. We don't have a specific sports book we're featured with. So uh, I'll just look at FanDuel, for example, and we can mix it up and take a look at Barstool or BetMGM later. But uh, at FanDuel, Josh Allen is 7-1. to one. Patrick Mahomes is 8-1. to one. Tom Brady's also 8-1. to one. You got Justin Herbert out in L.A. with the Chargers. He's 9-1. to one. And again, 9-1. to one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 10-1. to one. So it's pretty simple. $100 wins 1000 That's pretty simple, but that's how that would work. Joe Burrow, 12-1. to one. Russell Wilson, 14-1. to one. Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, also 14 to one. Those are the top, uh, what, uh, nine guys or so odd wise in the market. Now we can talk about value plays and should you look further down and what are the requirements? I think, as I mentioned, you can choose whether or not you believe in what ultimately I'm going to tell you is my pick for MVP. And if you've been listening to 610, you guys know I said my first wager other than the Royals game this afternoon, my first wager is going to be on the MVP race. And you guys already know who that is on. Uh, but when you look at an MVP race, there's a couple things you can go through when you look at the potential candidates and you can cross some off based off of history and trends. And then you can try to narrow this thing down a little bit more to make you feel comfortable with putting money on one of these players. And I shouldn't even say players, one of these quarterbacks. Okay. Cause that's, what's clear here. When we're talking about MVPs. We know you've got the offensive player of the year and you have MVP. And over the last probably six years or so, at least we've seen finally, there's been a recognition that there's no reason for the same player to get essentially 
the same award twice, right? So like, there's no Matt Mahomes was one of the exceptions. He did in 2018. He was the Player of the Year and the MVP, but that's that's really not happening. And 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 I think there's finally a realization with with that, to where if you are winning MVP, someone else is getting the Offensive Player of the Year, right? That's usually now we saw it last year with Cooper Cup with wide receivers, like Offensive Player of the Year, non-quarterback. Typically, how you can look at it now, MVP is going to be a quarterback. If Cooper Cup couldn't win MVP last year, guys, it's not happening for Cooper Cup or a wide receiver. So I feel like if you're going through and you're taking a look at the odds, and you notice when I mentioned some of the odds market for these guys, most of them are quarterbacks. The first position player that pops up is Jonathan Taylor at 60 to 1. Right? Jonathan Taylor, 60 to 1 on this list. Cooper Cup, if you go further down the list, is 100 to 1. He didn't win it last year. If you look at his numbers from a year ago, if that wasn't good enough to win it, where Aaron Rodgers still won MVP, then you don't need to worry about it. So go ahead and, and move on from anybody that's not a quarterback. All right, that's one of the, 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 the boxes that have to be checked if you're going through and trying to figure out futures market for MVP. Then look at the team they're on, right? And do they have a route to, at bare minimum, win their division? And after that, to maybe have the best or second best record in their conference. Maybe even the NFL, if we're really being honest. So look at the way the odds market is setting up. If you take a look at Justin Herbert, who's 9-1 to with the Chargers. Mahomes is 8-1 to with the Chiefs. You know, Russell Wilson, further down the list. I just lost track of where he's at, 14-1. to If you don't think Russell Wilson can win the AFC West, if you truly don't, then you can't be betting on him to win MVP. You're not winning MVP if you don't win your division. You're, ju- you're just not. And if you're like, well, what about his stats? Well, if his stats are so outrageously above everybody else, then that means the Broncos are probably having a hell of a year and winning the division. So keep that in mind as well when you're taking a look about targeting the futures market at MVP. Does that player's team basically have a route to one of those top records in the league? And then, yes, of course, stats, <laughs> right? Of course, stats have to be there. Now, it doesn't have to be what Mahomes did in 2018. You know, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards passing. That was incredible. I mean, if he does that again this year, uh, spoiler, he's going to win MVP, right? (laughs) But those are kind of the three things to look at immediately. So you can go through, and if honestly, if you really take the time, you can go through and I shouldn't say narrow it down significantly, but you can definitely eliminate quite a few people. You know, like if you're taking a look at uh, Derek Carr or Kyler Murray and you look at those teams, well, the win total for the Cardinals, for example, is over under eight and a half. So even if you feel Kyler Murray is going to surprise people, got a new contract, we all know the the off the field stuff. You know, is he paying it? Is he he playing esports too much? Is he playing video games too much? And all that that came out, the clause that was in the contract before they removed it. Even if you're high on Kyler Murray, his team's win total expectation is eight and a half. So is the, are the Cardinals likely to be one of the top teams record-wise in football or the NFC? And I would tend to say no. You may disagree, but that I think that's pretty straightforward with that. So if we're just looking on the top end of the odds, Josh Allen at 7-1 to is a reason he's a favorite. Other than a three-week stretch, which you can't have bad stretches if you're going to win MVP, a three-week stretch, he was on track to be an MVP last year. The Bills are the Super Bowl favorites 
They have a chance to have the best record in football this year. Remember, the voting takes place before the postseason. He has, a, he has a chance to have the best record in football this year, and that's not crazy to think. It makes sense why he is where he is. Patrick Mahomes, 8-1. to one. Here's why Patrick Mahomes is my bet for MVP, and it's not because we're doing a radio show in Kansas City. I've got on some, some other shows across the country and talked about this, and they're like, oh, are you just being a homer? We'll get to other bets where I will, I will not be as optimistic on certain players on the Chiefs when we look at their player props over under yardage, for example, for Juju and others. But Patrick Mahomes, 8-1 to one to win it. I do think the Chiefs are winning this division this year. That fits some of the criteria we just highlighted. I do believe, despite Tyreek Hill not being here, statistically, he can have one of the better top two, three quarterback seasons. What is something that he hasn't had the last couple years in his favor? Narrative. Narrative's not everything for these awards, but it is voted on by 50 members of the media. Right? If narrative was the only thing that mattered, then Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't win it last year, based on how some members of the media express their, uh, you know, <laughs> dissatisfaction with some of the things that Aaron Rodgers has done or said. But Aaron Rodgers still won MVP. Narrative, though, does matter to me if you look at this offseason for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, everybody said, what is he going to do without Tyreek Hill? Oh, they're in the toughest division in football? Those things that seem like negatives and knocks toward him can work in his favor later on. If he wins this division, if the stats are there, well, it becomes a positive for him narrative-wise that he's in the toughest division in football, if it actually ends up being that. That he doesn't have Tyreek Hill, if he still puts up huge numbers and he's doing it without Tyreek Hill for the first time in his career, that helps his cause. Narrative will be on his side more than others. It's 8-1 to one in some books for Patrick Mahomes to win MVP. Earlier today, if you really caught on, one of the apps had a odds boost on Mahomes and bumped it up to 15-1. to one. Props to any of you that uh, may have taken advantage of that. Good on you. Uh, that, unfortunately, I don't believe is available on the, uh, the, the Sportsbook app that had that earlier today, one of the six that had launched. I want to know what you guys are thinking on the MVP futures. We'll get back to that a little bit later on the show. 913-586-7610 is the J Southland Toe Service text line. But that's kind of my thoughts on, on the MVP market. And just if you're going through, even if you don't agree with Mahomes, some of the criteria and hopefully some more knowledge to how you can approach this. We'll get some more knowledge coming up next from an expert, Kelly Stewart at Kelly in Vegas from Barstool Sports. You can catch her on Money Shots over on Wager Talk as well. She'll give you some first betting advice, and I'll ask her about the MVP race as well. This is That Betting Show on 610 Sports Radio. That Betting Show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, back here on That Betting Show until 8 o'clock tonight. First episode, the first and only live and local sports betting show in Kansas City launch day in the state of Kansas for sports betting. We got college football on the TV. People are able to bet on it. What a great day it is. We'll get to the NFL futures market when it comes to the AFC West in just a little bit as we're keeping an eye on uh, Pitt in West Virginia. Still scoreless, about 525 to go in the first quarter. I want to go out, though, to the 610 hotline and welcome in Kelly Stewart at Kelly in Vegas from Barstool Sports. You can catch her on Money Shots over there and also on wagertalk.com. Kelly, I know I know you're a K-State grad, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, you left Kansas to kind of work in the sports betting space. Did you ever think uh, we'd be sitting here, at least this soon, I guess, being able to wager in the state of Kansas legally on sports? I love it. I'm so proud of my, my hometown, uh, you know, it's been really great because I remember maybe 10 years ago, uh, I don't know what he was running for, probably like a state representative or something. My mom told him, 
hey, you got to follow my daughter if you want to make this happen. Unfortunately, he didn't get elected, but I was like, mom, stop. Kansas <laughs> is never going sports betting. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I'm so elated uh, that they got it done. And I'm sure there's some other fun things on the horizon as well. No question. And I, I think today, even on this show, so many people are just still trying to figure out how to navigate some of the apps and what some of the, uh, the terminology is. What, what's the biggest piece of advice before we get to some of the games for this weekend and tonight even, what's some advice you would give for those that have maybe never bet on sports in their life and they're trying to figure this all out? They got all these free bet credits and, and everything going on. You know, I'm sure my employer would not like to hear me say this, full disclosure, but having multiple apps at your disposal is the best way to win. You want to get the best of the number always. And when you do that, you actually have an ability to be able to win long-term. If you're betting Saturday morning right before the game, just know you're just playing with Monopoly money at that point. And uh, that's kind of the difference you'll see between the recreational bettors and the pros. So definitely take advantage. Kansas day one, sign up for everything that you can sign up for, especially with these incredible bonus offers. The second piece of advice I would say is be disciplined and be smart with your money. I can tell you full disclosure. I have lost my butt so many times by not being disciplined and I've had to learn the hard way. And I don't want to see people do that. I never want to see anybody bet more than they can afford to lose. So I always tell people set aside a specific bankroll for, for gambling. Let's just say you open up a Barstool Sportsbook app today. You put in 500 bucks and you say, okay, this is my bankroll for September, for example. And you then should not be betting more than $25 a game if that is your bankroll. And that's kind of a hard thing for people to learn is that if you're having a couple beers or you're doing anything crazy, like just put your phone in your pocket. You should not be gambling. This is, this is fun. It is recreational, but it is something you have to take seriously. We're talking to Kelly Stewart over at Barstool Sports, also wagertalk.com, first day of wagering here in Kansas. Now, as far as the, these games for the college football weekend, in particular locally, we know all three local schools are starting up. We got Missouri a little bit later on tonight against La Tech, and then you got K-State uh, on Saturday, KU tomorrow night as well. Future market for the local schools, a lot of you are looking at K-State over six and a half wins and KU over two and a half wins. What, what are your thoughts on both of those? I know there, I think there's some strong uh, opinions when it comes to both of the local schools in that regard. Yeah, that, I bet both over full disclosure. I bet them uh, back in July when they first got released. I think K-State's going to see an uptick with Adrian Martinez and not necessarily in the quarterback position. Cause obviously Skylar Thompson is doing his thing in Miami, but more so that that O line is a little bit older. We've got Deuce Vaughn in the backfield. And I think that defense is going to show some improvement as well. So I do think K-State has seven wins on their schedule. KU, on the other hand, I just tailed a couple of sharp buddies that said, hey, you know, you got to look at this KU roster. We think that they're loaded with talent. They can win three games. I personally am not trying to be biased. I only see two (laughs) wins on their schedule, but I trust these guys. I trust their numbers. And if they think the Jayhawks can win three games, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm staying away from it, but I will say, if you're going to bet it, I feel like you, the over is the play, though, right? I mean, especially if you're, I mean, look, we know don't bet with your heart, but if you're a KU grad and you're listening to the show tonight, like, do you really want to have them start 2-0, and let's say, against Tennessee Tech and Duke, and then be rooting for them not to win the rest of the season? I don't know. That's not, that's not fun to me. No, but, you know, sometimes it is, uh, you know, make sure you do your homework, right? Like, yeah. If you are a KU fan and you're one of those... Uh, Gluttons for punishment as a KU football fan. I know a couple of those. My <laughs> my buddy Bryson is definitely one, but he bets the over even. I mean, this is a, a program that is on the up and up. I'm not saying they're on the rise. I'm not saying they're going to win 
six games and go to a bowl, but I do think that they can win three games. Last year we saw them go over their season win total of one and a half. I think they can definitely do it again this year. All right, let's take a look at some college football games this, this weekend. I know there, there's action going on right now, but uh, the Arkansas-Cincinnati game kind of stands out to me. We were going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Arkansas, six and a half now. It looks like it's got up to favorites against Cincy. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on, on that game, and is that one that you have a play on? Yeah, that's actually my best bet. I was going to save it for the end of the okay. show if you didn't ask me about it, but I should have known with Cincinnati coming to the Big 12 and Arkansas in fairly cl- close proximity. Uh, listen, no disrespect to what Sam Pittman's been able to do in Arkansas. I mean, three years ago, this team was absolutely pitiful, and he got in there and, and found a winning culture. But I think they peaked just a little too much last year. They won a couple of games they probably shouldn't have won. Now, I'm not saying they're going to digress. I'm just saying that they shouldn't be touchdown favorites to a really, really solid Cincinnati team. Luke Fickle has really changed the culture over there at Cincinnati, they expect to win games. And while they're not in a Power 5 conference this year, they will be next year. And I can promise you they're going to give the Razorbacks all sorts of grief and say it, Bill. I think the points is the way to go, but I'm also going to sprinkle a little bit on Cincinnati Moneyline. That, of course, Saturday afternoon in Fayetteville. Uh, sorry for jumping ahead on that game. I will say that locally, uh, La Tech is going to kick off against Missouri here in about 20 minutes or so. The Tigers are up to 20-and-a-half-point uh, favorites at home. The total at 61-and-a-half. What's your feel on Missouri this year to begin with there in the SEC and another year under Eli Drinkwitz? You know, I actually had to discuss Missouri earlier, and I said, God, I just don't understand how K-State's only three-and-a-half-point favorites over this team This is just a Mizzou team that was always competitive in the Big 12. And maybe this is a testament to the SEC. But now that they're in the SEC West, they just get absolutely smoked. This team, I understand, has the ability. But I do feel like top to bottom, the SEC is just what it is. Vandy's always going to be at the bottom. You're going to have a really solid LSU team that obviously last year fell down just a little bit. Everybody's really high on Texas A&M. And unfortunately, teams like Missouri just kind of fall to the wayside. And especially now that Texas and Oklahoma are joining the conference, I'm really curious to see what happens to teams like this. I don't love Mizzou here laying points. We know that Law Tech is always super scrappy. I'm going to pass here. And again, I'm going to be in Manhattan for the K-State game. Next weekend, I'm going to be at the Speedway. And boy, do I just hope that K-State can get one of those wins on that season win total because that line is super fishy to me. Over to Saturday night uh, there in Columbus, Ohio, you got number five at Notre Dame taking on number two, Ohio State. But the Buckeyes, despite it being a top five matchup, the Buckeyes are 17-point favorites depending on where you're looking at this point in time. Is that, is that too rich for you to take the Buckeyes in a week one game against the Fighting Irish? Yeah, you're too late to the party on the Buckeyes, I think. And then that's unfortunate. But then you have the Golden Domers on the other side that are 3-21 and against top five teams. I mean, I just I cannot imagine a world where Ohio State doesn't win this game. This one opened at 14. Now it's 17, 17 and a half in some spots. I think you're late to the party. And that goes back to what we first talked about, Alex, is showing some discipline. Would I love to bet the Buckeyes at 17 and a half? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to win by 21? Yes. But I could have had 14. And sometimes it's okay to pass on a game, and uh, that's just one I'm going to have to pass on. All right, lastly, Kelly, then we'll let you go. I appreciate the time. I know there's a lot of college football you're keeping an eye on tonight as well. We appreciate the time. NFL-wise, we were talking NFL MVP market, and, of course, we'll get into Super Bowl odds later. What's your favorite future in the NFL heading in? 
So my favorite future is actually Saints to win the NFC South. I bet it at the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, plus 325, and it has come down a lot since I bet it. And that's because the Bucks have some question marks, right? No Gronk. Obviously, Tom Brady retired. Then he came back. Now there's rumors that there's trouble in his household. It's going to be interesting in the NFC South because I do think it's a two-horse race. And as you know, the Saints have really had the Bucks number over the last few seasons. Jameis Winston fully healthy. It sounds like Michael Thomas is going to be off the pup list. Obviously, Alvin Kamara was in some legal trouble. They moved his trial to after the season. Plus, Chris Olave. I mean, there's a ton of weapons on that offense. But I think that the, the division is going to be won on the back of that Saints defense. And I'm really excited to see what they're able to do this year. So, uh, Saints to win the NFC South is my best futures bet, if you will, for the season. Kelly Stewart at Kelly in Vegas from Barstool Sports, Barstool Sportsbook, of course, also over on wagertalk.com. Kelly, really appreciate the time. We'll let you get back to some college football. Absolutely. Thanks, Alex. There you go. Kelly joining us here on that betting show. If you've listened to uh, Cody and I on, on Cody and Gold here on 610 during 10 to 2 and middays, I like the Saints as well. Now, not to win the division. That's really interesting. I didn't know that was going to be one of her favorite future bets for the NFL season. She has them to win the NFC South. Got it at really good value. It's gone down, as she said. I think the Saints can make the playoffs coming out of the NFC South. That is a weak division. I still think the Bucs win it, Julio. But I do like the Saints. I think Jameis Winston is going to have a really nice season. Putting a lot I, of faith in Jameis Winston. I, I understand that. He was, you know what? He was playing all right until he got he hurt was, last he year. He was. Though. I'll give you that. And it, it, the the big news, of course, yeah, is that the Camara suspension is not really going to happen. It looks like for this season. Yes, a new head coach. Yes, it's a defensive-minded head coach. But he was on staff already. The team knows him. That defense is still going to be legit. And they have the same offensive coordinator as a year ago. So I actually think the Saints could be a wild card team as well. Interesting that she likes them to win the NFC South. We're still just getting going here on that betting show. Up next, we turn our attention back to the AFC West in the divisional futures market right here on 610 Sports Radio. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. for hanging out with us here. That betting show on 610 Sports Radio. Alex Gold, Julio Sanchez producing the show. Thanks again to Kelly Stewart from Barstool Sportsbook for joining us. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour around 7.15, we'll be joined by Colin Wilson, senior football expert for the Action Network. College football well underway tonight. Keeping an eye on a couple games if, uh, if you've been paying attention to the beginning of the show or on the Discord channel. For the show, we're talking about the under in this West Virginia-Pittsburgh game. Right now, 3-0 Pittsburgh over West Virginia, about 13 minutes or so to go in the first half. So the uh, under in the first quarter hits under 10.5, the under 51.5 for a game. Obviously, right now, pacing in a very good direction, but we got a long ways to go. I think it's uh, the live total right now is 40.5 or so after uh, – Closing around 50 and a half or 51 and a half, depending on what number it was. At some point, it was even 54, 55 if you bet it far enough advance. That was something that Kelly was talking about, that there is certainly closing line value, something to keep in mind uh, when you're looking at games and, and, and making sure you get it at a good number as well. We were talking at the end about the NFC South briefly as she brought up the New Orleans Saints, but let's get back to the AFC West here. We know everybody has been calling up the toughest division in football going in. Obviously, we'll get a confirmation on that in the regular season, but man, we've never seen a division that has four quarterbacks who are arguably top 12, 
three that are top 10. I think Derek Carr is the 12th best quarterback in football. I do still think Russell Wilson's a top 10 quarterback, and nobody's going to debate Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. They're two of the best quarterbacks in football, and it's going to be that way for a very long time in this AFC West. But you look at this division, we've never seen four quarterbacks of this quality all at once heading into a season. But if you look at the futures market for the, the AFC West, so the Chiefs are plus 155, the Chargers are plus 240, second best odds to win the division. The Broncos are there with the third best odds at plus 260. And the Las Vegas Raiders are in the rear there at plus 700. Seven to one odds on the Raiders. I want to start with them actually in this conversation because look, I know we look at Kansas City and we look at the Raiders and we all hate the Raiders and the Raiders found a way, always find a way every week to become a laughing stock. You know, whether it's cutting Alex Leatherwood, they just drafted him 17th overall last year and they cut ways with him old regime. I get that. But last year, the off the field stuff, there's a lot of reasons to make fun of the Raiders on a regular basis. I think they're undervalued though at seven to one. I'm not telling you they're going to win the AFC West, but they should not be seven to one. I think there is value on the Raiders. Let's not forget. They were the only other team in the AFC West to make the playoffs last year, other than Kansas city. And then they go out and add Devonte Adams and Chandler Jones. And somehow they are valued way than the Broncos and Chargers. Now, the Chargers, I'm not surprised. No issue with the Chargers being where they're at. You can make a very strong argument for the Chargers to win this division this year. right? If you take away past history and how the Chargers choke when it matters most or injuries catching up to them, and they already have an injury with their new free agent corner and J.C. Jackson, who may not be available week two against the Chiefs, as a matter of fact, on the Thursday night game. But the Broncos at plus 260, if they're 260, that's fine. But the Raiders should not be plus 700 if I'm getting the Broncos at plus 260. I think there's a very good chance the Raiders are a better team than the Broncos this year. And so from a pure value perspective, I would rather put money on the Raiders to win the division than the Denver Broncos. And for that matter, the LA Chargers. I think the Chiefs are winning this division. You can get them at plus money for the first time in a long time heading into a year with the division because of the quarterbacks that are in it. Plus 155 to do so. We know they're going for their seventh straight divisional title. Patrick Mahomes has not lost a road divisional game in his career, which is insane. I think it probably ends this year. It's going to end eventually. Are you going to keep on sweeping the Broncos every year? No, eventually the Broncos are going to at least get you for one. Maybe it's this year. We'll see. They don't play till late in the year. Schedule makers made sure of that. Not till what, November and then December. They play in in like a a five-week span towards the back of the season. They're scheduling more and more divisional games. The NFL does this on purpose. But when I'm looking at the futures market here, like I I just think the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr, for that matter, are undervalued at seven to one. Am I saying for you to to bet a uh, more than than you normally would on anybody else? No, I think it's worth a sprinkle. I think it's worth a little bet on seven to one, depending on where your bankroll is at. If you're telling me you're going to put you know ten bucks on the Raiders to win the division at seven to one, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. I, I don't at all. I think you do on the Raiders and you on the Chiefs and see where things are at. Remember, there's there's markets like this are going to shift week week in and week out. The Chargers play this in the two weeks of the season. And if the Chargers were to lose to the Raiders week one and the Chargers were to come to Arrowhead on Thursday night football and lose to Kansas City, the Chargers at plus 240, aren't, they're not going to be plus 240 anymore. They'd be 0-2 with losses to the Raiders and, and Chiefs right out of the gate. Now, at that point in time, just to like, tell you where I would be at, that point in time, there likely would be value on the Chargers because they probably would bounce back to plus 350 or plus 400. But I think if the Raiders beat the Chargers week one, 
if you think there's a remote possibility of that happening, and I think there definitely is, you won't see the Raiders at 7-1 for very long. I just think now is a good value point for them. The Chiefs, depending on how you think they're going to start to the season, you know, I, I, I think at plus 155, you could potentially still hold off on them unless you think they're going to get off to a 2-0 and or 3-0 and start to the season. You were shaking your head when I mentioned the Raiders a little bit, Julio. I, I was. That's a, that's, a, that's a big if, Alex. That's, that's a big Again, if. I'm not saying they're going to – you can set yourself up for a hedge possibility too. 7-1 to one, value play. If the, if the Raiders were plus 240, I would not be sitting here telling you to put money on the Raiders to win the division. Here's my only concern. Okay. The focus of every AFC West team, aside from the Chiefs really, their, their goal this year right, was to get better at pass rush, right? Where's the one spot that the uh, and not to get too much into the weeds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a betting show, but no, I mean that's what we that's what we kind of do, I think, when we're talking betting. So right, <laughs> but so where's where's the Raiders' biggest weakness? Yeah. Offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's that's very very concerning. Yeah, very I mean, concerning. We'll get that I think answered pretty early on in the pretty season, quickly. Too, right? I mean, I think if you pretty if, quickly, and it's the same. These are the same questions we brought up in Kansas City. Like, if you're looking at, luckily, the Chiefs now have I think will end up being a top two offensive line in football, but. Agreed. As you pointed out, with the the pass rushers that are now in this division, like that 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 was why the Chiefs needed to do what they needed to do. It's why some people were frustrated. The Chiefs weren't as aggressive themselves going out and finding those those edge rushers. Although I think people maybe are feeling a little bit better now than they did four weeks ago after seeing Carl Loftus and and seeing how the defense performed in preseason. But that's what's fun. I, you know, this is why tonight we're a week out of the season. Future market is a ton of fun to look at. That's just the AFC West. The Chiefs are the favorites, but I do think uh, it's worth keeping an eye on the Raiders at seven to one. Just because of the value on that coming up next though. How about coach of the year? How does coach of the year work in the NFL from a betting perspective? There's some trends you should look at. If you're thinking about putting money on a coach to win coach of the year, we get to that next here on that betting show.